0: Good morning, and so glad to have you along with me on this Thursday morning as we continue on our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short, blessings to you today. We've been talking about receiving the grace of God, the favor, the goodness, the power, the mercy of God into our lives. And this is given to the humble. First Corinthians, or excuse me, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, tells us God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I don't know about you, but I want to be a person who is a recipient of the favor, the goodness, the grace of God. I've often asked myself, I pray even this morning, if I could be a self-made man and everyone would say, wow, he's like a renaissance man. He's so smart. He's so uh, in- intuitive. He's so skilled. Or I could just be an average person. And they'd say, wow, he has the blessing of God on his life. Which would I prefer? Well, I prefer the latter. I hope you would as well. We want to be people who are strongly supported by God and we labor and we live under the blessing of God. Well, to do that, we've got to be humble. And we've been looking at three convictions the last three days of humility. Number one, apart from God, I am nothing. Number two, apart from God, I have nothing. Number three, today, apart from God, I can do nothing. Our scripture reading comes from the verse John 15, as Jesus is talking about abiding in the vine. And verse four and five, we'll read, "'Abide in me, and I in you. "'As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself "'unless it abides in the vine, "'so neither can you unless you abide in me. "'I am the vine, you are the branches.'" He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, Jesus said, you can do nothing. You know, Scripture is filled with uh, examples of people who did mighty deeds for God. And it's obviously they did it in the power of God. Young David slayed Goliath. And it's obvious God guided that slingshot stone right to the spot of hitting Goliath right in the forehead. Moses led the children of Israel out of, out of Egypt, and they passed through the Red Sea. And that's obvious. That, that was something God did. That wasn't Moses who split that Red Sea. That was God. Uh, Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal, and the fire came down from heaven and consumed the sacrifice on Mount Carmel. That's obvious. That was God who did that. There's no way uh, Elijah brought that fire down from heaven. That was God. All throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, when Jesus or the apostles performed mighty miracles of healing, it was obvious these, these were miracles. These weren't things that people could do. There's no way. This was what God did. And yet Jesus went beyond just the miraculous, shall we say. And he said, apart from you, apart from me, he said, you can do nothing. Now it's it's interesting, you know, maybe this verse only relates to bearing fruit. That's the context, obviously. He says, talks about bearing fruit. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Maybe this only relates to bearing fruit, or maybe it only means you can only do nothing of eternal significance or something that's lasting or something that really, really matters. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Personally, as I look at this verse and I've thought about it and wanted to apply it to my own life, I have thought I'm going to understand, understand this to mean nothing means nothing. Apart from God, I can do nothing. Obviously, apart from God, I can't preach or teach. Obviously, apart from God, I can never win a soul to Christ or make a disciple. Obviously, apart from God, I could never bear fruit. I could never be the person I was meant to be, the the fruit of the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or self-control. Obviously, none of those things could I be without God. But I like to think of this as apart from him, I can do nothing. And therefore, I want to follow the admonition of Proverbs 3, verse 5. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. And so I want to encourage you today to think in those terms, in all your ways. Can you do your work when you go to work, when you go to school, uh, your housework, your, your finances, your, your yard work, Everything. Everything. The more you can acknowledge God's presence in your life and the need for God's strength and God's blessing in your life, the more grace will come your way, the more humble you'll be. You know, there's a man who thought he could do a lot without God. His name was Nebuchadnezzar. We read about him in Daniel chapter 4. Now, Nebuchadnezzar had had a dream he was a great king, and he had this dream, and in the dream, there's this tree that grew to the heights of heaven, and it was a huge tree and dominant tree on all the earth, but it was cut down and, and taken down, and uh, Nebuchadnezzar was troubled by this dream, and he called upon Daniel to interpret it for him, and, Nebuch- and Daniel pointed out, you are the tree, It's you. You, you're the great king of all the earth, but you're proud and God's going to cut you down. And he warned them about this. And he warned them there'd be a strong judgment in his life. But Nebuchadnezzar didn't take that warning to heart. And God's judgments don't always come like the next minute. Sometimes God warns us of something and he gives us time to repent. In Nebuchadnezzar's case, he gave him a year. And it was a year later when Nebuchadnezzar, we read in Daniel chapter 4, and we'll read in verse 28, all this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel warned him. Daniel told him exactly what was going to happen. And it wasn't pretty. And Daniel urged him to repent. Verse 28, 12 months later, Nebuchadnezzar was walking on the roof of the royal palace in Babylon. The king reflected and said, is this not Babylon the great, which I myself have built as a royal residence by the might of my power and by the glory of my majesty? Uh, I think he he took a little credit for what was going on. I think he had some pride Look at what I've done. Look at how great I am. Look at this wonderful kingdom that I myself have built. I'm the one who did it all. While the word was in the king's mouth, a voice came from heaven saying, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is declared, sovereignty has been removed from you. He became as a a beast. He was driven from the palace. For seven years, he lived like an animal out in the woods in the forest. He'd sleep, on, he'd sleep outside. For, he went from the king's palace to sleeping outside, a homeless person. He, it says he would eat grass like an oxen. My goodness. You talk about being brought low. Nebuchadnezzar was brought low. But he learned his lesson. Verse 34, by the end of the period, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven, and reason, my reason returned to me. And I blessed the Most High, and praise and honored him who lives forever. Here's what he said, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. Unlike Nebuchadnezzar's, we all die, but God's from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing, but he does according to his will in the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth, and no one can ward off his hand or say to him, what have you done? Nebuchadnezzar humbled himself. That's more humble than most people are. He went from being the greatest man on earth to seven years being like a beast, homeless man living in the forest to tremendous humility, acknowledging God does what he wishes, that God is God. God doesn't have to explain himself to Nebuchadnezzar now, God doesn't have to explain why he does what he does. Nebuchadnezzar realized he is the sovereign, God is the sovereign, not himself. Now I now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise, exalt, and honor the King of Heaven, for all of his works are true, and his ways just, and he is able to humble those who walk in pride. Verse thirty seven. That was Nebuchadnezzar's experience. You know, we Americans are productive people. We're high achievers. Uh, we're like that Home Depot commercial on Saturdays. We're, we're doers, a place for the doers. And we Americans, we're doers. We, we, don't, we don't sit still easily. We're active. We're competitive. We're productive. We like to win. We like to achieve. And uh, th- this can be okay, but it can't be okay if it springs from Pride. If it springs from a sense that God has, God is within me and God wants me to, God has put things in my heart to pursue, to achieve for his glory and for his honor and understanding it is in his strength, then that may, that's fine. And God can and will grant the desires of our heart. But if it's for vain glory and if it's to take the credit unto ourselves and to think that, look what I've done, I did all this by my hand, by my great power, by my great wisdom, by my superior work ethic, et cetera, et cetera. Watch out. You don't want to be a Nebuchadnezzar. I want to be a person. I'm going to believe you want to be a person too. I I believe this of you. You want to be a person that the favor and blessing and hand of God is evident that it's upon your life. And when people see you, they see, they do see great achievement, but like John the Baptist, our attitude is he must increase, I must decrease, and that our great achievements would not bring glory to us, they'd bring glory to our Lord, and people would see our good works and praise our Father who's in heaven. Amen. Father, we thank you that you live in us, we thank you that you do mighty exploits through people. I, we thank you for these we've discussed from the Old Testament, that you did mighty exploits through them, and Jesus, and through the Father working through you, and then, and then the, the, um, the apostles, the mighty deeds they did. And Jesus, we thank you for the promise from John 14. You said, the, the things that I have done will you do, and greater things will you do than this. Greater things will will we do because you go to the Father. And how I pray, Father, that we would be people who do great exploits that bring you great glory, that, that the things you put in our hearts to achieve, we would achieve them. And we would do our part and work hard and have a great work ethic. And yet, Father, we know that unless we're abiding in Jesus, apart from Him, we can do nothing. Apart from Him, we know that might that be the deep conviction of our soul, the deep conviction of our heart, that Jesus, without you, we couldn't even breathe. Without you, we couldn't live. Without you, we couldn't think. Without you, we'd have no energy. Without you, we wouldn't even be alive. And you, you give us supernatural strength and power through your Holy Spirit. You do things in us we could never do on our own. We want to thank you for this. And I pray, Father, that the foot of pride would never come upon us, that when, you, when we humble ourselves and you work through us and you do great deeds through us, that we would not take the credit to ourselves. We would not have people looking at us, but we would have the spirit, you must increase. You must get the glory. We'd be zealous for you to be glorified and that people would be drawn to you and they'd, they would admire you and they would be inspired to think that they too, just an ordinary person, could do exploits, because God is with them as you're with us. Father, we believe that apart from you, apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. We believe that apart from you, we are nothing. We believe apart from you, we have nothing. But with you, you've blessed us with every spiritual blessing. You've made us children of the Most High God. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We bless you, and we love you. We humble ourselves before you. We pray that we receive the grace of God, in the the abundant blessing. Flow our way, we pray. Look Look in our direction. Let your favor rest upon us, surround us, fill us, we pray. We receive your grace and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen and amen. Hey, isn't this wonderful? Aren't these scriptures wonderful? Aren't these promises awesome? It's available to every single one of us. I want to thank you for joining me today. I hope you come every day. I hope you find this encouraging. 15 minutes or so, be a blessing to your day. And you come day after day after day after day, week after week, month after month. I guarantee it's going to change you because our lives change as we get the Word of God in us. We believe it. It will perform its work in us. It takes discipline on our part to show up every day. It takes discipline on our part to get in the Word and pray. It's easy to get distracted, easy to get busy, easy to neglect it. Don't. Join us each day. Share with your friends. Tell them about it. Send this link to others. Put it on your social media. Make sure you're subscribed. Hit the notify button. Come back day by day. You'll be blessed, and we're blessed to have you along. God bless you today. Walk in his strength. Remember, be humble and receive his grace. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. Bye-bye.